the year is 1994. Tanya Harding wins the National Figure Skating Championship, but is stripped of her title following an attack on her rival, Nancy Kerrigan. Genetically engineered tomatoes are made available as the first GMO foods are approved in the U.S. And a spunky young L.A. woman named Annie is about to wish her driver's license had never been suspended. It's time for the last action podcast. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast. Top quiz hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. I saw this in a movie about a bus that had to speed around the city, keeping its speed over 50. And if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. I am LPJ, and with me on this inaugural episode of The Last Action Podcast is... The Sphinx. Hey, Sphinx. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, LPJ? I am all right. Are you excited to uh, start this podcast off? I am very excited to start this podcast off. This is, uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been planning this thing for a little while now. And, um, and, and it, it, it's taken some work, but it's, we got things going. Yeah. And we are starting off with a bang here. We really are. This is one of my all time favorite movies. I don't know if I'd say one of my all time favorites, but it's definitely a fantastic action movie without a doubt. I agree. I agree. We are talking, of course, about the 1994 epic Speed. Speed. It's a movie that launched, really launched the career of both Keanu Reeves yeah. and Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yep. So what kind of impact did this have on you? Do you remember like when you first saw it, anything like that? Well, it was 94. I would have been 13 at the time because it came out in the summer of 94. Mm-hmm. So I would have been 13 at the time. Um, I, f- I think I went and saw this at the theater, but I don't remember 100% for sure. Okay. Um, if not, I definitely saw it on VHS when it came out on VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely didn't see it in the theater. I mean, I was only eight. Um, but it was one of my older brother's like favorite movies. So we definitely had it on VHS. I remember you know, often having it on at the house, watching it and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely one of those earlier action movies that I remember seeing in my childhood. Because again, my parents, um, I was eight, but my parents didn't really follow the uh, the whole rating system there. Because it was definitely yep. a rated R movie. But here I am, little eight-year-old Sphinx, enjoying Speed. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We uh, We really didn't have too many restrictions on what we could see um which is weird as a parent now i feel very different about that absolutely so yeah but but yeah this is one of those movies where we we did have it on quite a bit and i owned the vhs and i watched it quite a bit and it's on tv a lot too like even now it is you can often find it yeah when we were going i don't own this movie currently um, no me neither but I kept seeing that it was on, and I kept forgetting to record it on TV. Uh, so I ended up renting it. But uh, but you know, it's obviously well worth a rent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this movie's great. So let's let's get into the meat and uh, potatoes of it. Yeah. So our director here is Jan Debont. That's good. Yeah, is that right? Jan Did I do pretty good there. Yeah. This is. is his first directed movie. It is. Um, he does follow up just a few years later uh, with Twister. Yeah. Which that is a movie I loved as a kid. I was that weird like. 
I don't know. I loved weather as a young kid. Okay. So I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and then his last that I could find was 2003's Tomb Raider Cradle of Life. Yeah, he retired from directing. Well. He did. He does more producing now. <clears throat> after Tomb Raider Cradle of Life, he probably should kind of step yeah. back there. But so. see, the thing is, he's got, a, he's got a good pedigree. He was... So John McTiernan's the guy that kind of started. Well, he 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 made Die Hard. John yes, McTiernan did. Yes, he did. And um, John McTiernan is um, really credited as being the guy who developed and created the whole um, like modern day concept of an action film. Mm-hmm. Uh, John DeBont was his cinematographer on. Uh, Die Hard. He also was was did the cinematography on The Hunt for Red October, which is also a McTiernan film. And the film noir, Basic Instinct. Interesting. I also had on here Lethal Weapon Three. He did. He did. Yep. He did uh, Lethal Weapon Three. And even a little bit of horror. I had Cujo. On yeah, there he too. did. Cujo. He's a cinematographer on Cujo. Yeah. So he'd been around. Um, and he's a very, very good cinematographer. He knows how to put put uh, shots together. Um, so it was natural for him to move into a more directorial role. Yeah, McTiernan was asked to direct this movie, Speed, but he actually uh, turned it down and then recommended his cinematographer, DeBont, to go ahead and do this. So. That is correct, yep. Yeah. Our producer is Mark Gordon, yep. uh, and he has quite a list. Um, Speed was one of his first, though. Um, he's done a lot of things more recently, like the Murder on the Orient Express. I have not seen that movie, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, that one's there. Um, but he is an executive producer today for Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. which, man, that show's been on for like, I feel like it's been almost 20 years. I believe this I is the last it. season. Oh, is it? All right. I believe so. Uh, but then he's also produced a lot of other good action movies from the 90s, Broken Arrow, uh, Saving Private Ryan, Day After Tomorrow. I'm not saying that one's great, but a lot of action movies have made some good money. Yep. Interesting fact, Broken Arrow is my wife's favorite action movie. That's awesome. It's, I think it might be the only one she likes, but <laughs> it is her favorite one. She's got a big thing for Christian Slater. I don't know what it is. Oh, I was going to say Travolta, but all right. Slater is an interesting... No, it's definitely not Travolta. Right, I can tell enough. you that for sure. All right. Uh, our writer is Graham Yost. Uh-huh. Um, he claims that the story came from an old story his dad told him uh, about a John Voight film called Runaway, Runaway Train um, that was about a train that speeds out of control. Yeah, it's a combination of that plus, uh, I believe it's a story by um, Akira Kurosawa, Mm-hmm. Uh, a f- movie about uh, also a train that uh, couldn't slow down. N- not that it couldn't slow down. I believe it was. It had a bomb possibly on board. Yes, it had a bomb. It was called Bullet Train. Yes, Bullet Train. That's what it was. Yep. yep. And then is it Joss or Yas? I always say it wrong. Whedon? This is a big deal. So Is it a big deal? So let's take you through the writing process. I have a decent right. amount on this. All so right. Take over. Graham Yost uh, came up with the idea for this movie, uh, obviously based on those two ideas and the misremembrance of a story his dad told him about a movie with a bomb on a train. He actually misremembered it, but then incorporated it into his script for, for Speed. Um, he self-admittedly can't write dialogue very well. So mm-hmm. they brought in a guy named Joss Whedon, who you may all know. Oh, Joss Whedon, cre- creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the initial architect of the Marvel MCU with Kevin Feige. Yep. And, uh, and Joss Whedon came in and rewrote 98.9, he says, uh, percent of the dialogue. Uncredited. Completely uncredited, which is unheard of, mm-hmm. especially for that for that amount. And then he also reworked a lot of the, not a lot of, but a few of the major plot points. Like mm-hmm. initially, uh, Harry Temple wasn't going to die. He wrote into the script that Harry gets blown up. Spoiler alert for later in the episode. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and he did a lot of the, 
he really gave the, the the movie itself a lot of the character that Graham Yost couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, a little bit more on... Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh, boy. A little bit more on Graham Yost here. What classic Nickelodeon show did Graham Norton start his career writing? Oh, man. Can you give me a little bit of a hint like era? Live action. Live action. Early 90s. Early 90s. Would it be like, was it on SNCC? It was not on SNCC. It was not on SNCC. It was before SNCC. Before SNCC. Oh, man. Live action. Roundhouse was definitely I don't even SNCC. know what that is. You don't even know what that is, huh? All right. Um, all that? No. That See, was you're, thinking, you're thinking much later. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hey, dude. Oh, yeah, He yeah, started yeah. his career writing the along Nickelodeon show. Along with Salute show, Your Shorts. Along with yeah. Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, he wrote Hey, Dude. <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't that pretty crazy? That is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and then he also, also created the, uh, one of my all-time favorite television series, Justified on FX. You know, I've seen a couple seasons of Justified. Yeah. I do love it. My wife, that's one that she'll actually watch with me, too. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. Yep. I, and think, he, I think she's got a thing for that Timothy Oliphant, too, so I think that's. I have a thing. He's got a lovely smile. Yeah, there. he does. Yep. But nonetheless, you know, Whedon does take credit for the pop quiz hotshot line. He does. So. He created that, and, and and Graham Yost also gives him credit for it. He created pop quiz hotshot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have also, the original writing idea was that the entire movie was actually going to be on a bus. Yeah. And the studios, when they were trying to pitch the idea, did not like that idea at all. So they added the elevator scene in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually comes from uh, Jean de Bont was actually stuck in an elevator uh, while he was filming Die Hard. Yeah. And that's kind of what gave him the idea to do that scene. And then Fox, 20th Century Fox, kind of greenlit it after that. Um, now that they had a scene that was not just about the bus. Yeah, and, and that movie, that particular scene in particular, uh, that whole elevator scene, um, first of all, the, the movie itself looks like a classic action film. And obviously with John DeBont as the cinematographer, it is going to look a lot like Die Hard or, or a lot of the other classic uh, action films because that's they all wanted to look like Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but shooting in an elevator is tough, especially conveying action and getting you know more than just an overhead shot, they shot it in an actual model of an elevator. It was I thought it was ingenious how at one point the back of the elevator blows out, mm-hmm. and they have the camera go through there. I mean that's an ingenious way to shoot oh, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to put that little plot device in to blow a hole in the back of the elevator to allow for a more varied shot in the actual elevator itself. It has to be a great advantage that. He is directing this movie, but he has such a record as being a cinematographer. Like he's going to know how to find those fantastic shots and, and how to get things done. And you Absolutely. can definitely see it throughout the film. And that's why a lot of great cinematographers end up making really good directors as well. They know how to, or at least they make good visual directors because they can put the shots together in their head without having to necessarily storyboard it for you know a million years before they actually shoot it. Yeah. Also, in the original writing ideas, they were just going to drive around Dodger Stadium the entire movie. Right. And then at the end, they were going to crash into the Hollywood sign. So. I'm glad they changed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been really over the top. And I think mm-hmm. people would have been bored watching them drive around Dodger Stadium all day. Because, sure. I mean, that's, you know, that's what makes this movie great is all the different obstacles they have to face. Yep. You know, with the LA traffic and all that good stuff. I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, yeah. The music is from Mark Mancina. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I mean, the, the theme song itself is, is very iconic, uh, memorable, catchy, action-packed theme. It definitely like gets you 
you know, it keeps you suspense throughout yeah. it. Let me play a little bit for you. All right. Right. I definitely remember as a kid, like I'd be in the backyard, like playing with my brothers or my friends or mm-hmm. whatever, and it'd be like, you know, cowboys and Indians fighting. I'd always be singing that in the background. Dun, 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 dun. I love that sound, just that real warm <laughs> brass sound. Yeah. Uh, that, that's th- there's nothing better than that on an action soundtrack. Now, I, speaking of the music, I have something to play for you. Oh, I'm gonna play okay. something for you. It's might sound a little familiar. All right. Right, so close your eyes. Oh, I'm closing my eyes. Close your eyes. I, how about I just stare into your eyes right now? I'm not going to look at you, but you can stare at my face. Ready? Your face looks beautiful. Tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. That little jungle thing there. No. Oh, oh that part sounds a little familiar. Is but this does, like a video game? Does, it, does, this, does it sound like... It sounds a lot like Speed, so I'm guessing he did this. Mancino, is that his name? Yeah, Mancino. Keep listening. There's your warm brass. Alright, what am I listening to here? So that, a lot of our fans will recognize, is the main theme from Metal Gear Solid. Okay. They sound awfully familiar. That is kind of, I'm not a huge Metal Gear fan, but mm-hmm. I definitely played the PlayStation game. Yeah, but Metal that Gear sounds Solid, a lot like, but, oh yeah, it sounds just it's like almost that. like a direct copy minus a few notes here and there. They're very, very similar. Yeah. And the, the writer, totally different writer. Oh, it is. Totally. It was a group of writers, and they, um, they said they were heavily influenced by American action films. I yeah. think, in particular, this American action film. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the most iconic, one of the most iconic themes in all of video games. Well, our very much mirrors, fans are gonna love that. Yeah. Very much mirrors one of the most iconic themes in all yeah. of action films. Absolutely. Yep. Um, we also have so Mancina also is famous for a lot of other action movies. Uh, I've got Con Air, Bad Boys, Twister. Um, and then he's also, which is an odd comparison, he's done a lot of Disney movies too. Yeah, he did. Um, he actually won an award for Lion King, yep. did Tarzan, and then most recently he did Moana. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, just what, a year or two ago? That's right. So he, you know, he's jumping from action film to Disney movies. So, huh, yeah, whatever. he does a lot. And, and he, 
he's done a lot of stuff. Like not even not even great select things. Yeah. Like I was looking at his discography. It's gigantic. It's mm-hmm. huge. Does a lot of different and a lot of varied things as well. There's a soundtrack for Speed as well, which I didn't realize that it was the song at the end of the movie, but you had mentioned it when we were yeah. talking about it ahead of time. So Billy Idol has a song called Speed. He does. That they play at the credits at the end. Yes. Which is post Billy Idol's No, good that's the stuff. thing. I think this was I think you it think was, it was written, a hit? Yeah, no, I don't think it was a hit, but I think it was written for this particular movie. Well, it had to have been. I mean, the song's called Speed. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the soundtrack. Oh, I'm putting it on right now. Oh, you're gonna put it on right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. just because, just because it's great. Well, I, it's it's something. I mean, I like Billy Idol. Well, but... I like it. All right, fine. I mean, it sounds like a Billy Idol song. Yes, it does. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, Mark's up. Go close. And there's clips of the movie throughout the entire thing. Long intro, though. Chorus time, ready? Here we oh, go. Yeah. Give me what I need. I have enjoyed it more watching the music video. Maybe we can even post that music video on our social media if people really want to enjoy it. That's not a bad idea. I enjoy that. I like that idea quite a bit. All right, there we go. Uh huh. You know, the rest of the soundtrack, it, there is no soundtrack in the movie, but apparently yeah. they got all these people to, to do this soundtrack. There's a Rod Stewart song, Kiss yep. does a song, Pat Benatar, Gin Blossoms, and Blues Traveler. The Gin Blossoms and Blues Traveler thing. Which fits the 90s there. Well, see, I figured that would have been a little bit later than 94. I'm going on a speed. I don't know. Would that be the Blues Traveler singer? I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what that. You know, was. he's kind of got that whiny voice, and I'm, you know, I'm really just thinking of their runaround song. That's about it. That sounded more like Dave Matthews, like a really, and, really shitty Dave Matthews. Well, but they sound familiar. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, let's get to our cast here. Yep. So I always say his name wrong, and you can totally laugh at me. Keanu Reeves. Wait, who is it? Keanu Reeves. Ke- Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, there's a, it's a U. Sorry, right, yeah. I was pretty close. Though. You were. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. My wife made fun of me. She, uh, he is our, uh, he's Jack. He, he's our main character here. Yep. So he's an LAPD, uh, looks like bomb squad or police officer. Um, Stephen Baldwin was the first choice. He was. He turned it down because he thought this character was way too much like John McClane from Die Hard. He got the script prior to Joss Whedon rewriting a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what he based his uh, his decision on. Yeah. Some other possibilities were Tom Cruise. Yep. Tom Hanks. Yep. Wesley Snipes. Yep. And Woody Harrelson were also considered. Yeah. Can you imagine if Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes were in this movie <laughs> together? <laughs> 
Could be like... Uh, are they going to have a scene where they're playing basketball they and the basketball. white man can't jump? Yeah, white men can't jump on a speeding bus. Yeah, it could turn out into something. That'd be great. Uh, maybe. No? I wouldn't think so. <laughs> uh, DeBont liked Reeves um, he because he wanted more of like an average hero because Reeves is not... You know, he's not a Schwarzenegger, he's not a Stanley, he's not a big buff guy. No, not and, at all. And that's what he was looking for. He wanted kind of a hero that was kind of like your average guy. So I think I it agree. fit well. I think so too. I think having um, a giant muscle-bound guy um, climbing through an elevator shaft and trying to jump back and forth on a, uh, on a bus would have looked very out of place. Yeah. Uh, his sidekick, or his, his partner in the movie, is uh, Michigan's very own Jeff Daniels. Yep. Who plays Harry, which I have a pop quiz for you. Oh, really? Yes, really. And if this one's not good enough, I actually have several, but I mean, I'm just going to keep throwing random stuff at you here. Pop quiz, hot shot. Nice. All right, there let me it have is. it. So we mentioned that Speed came out in 1994. Yes. What other Jeff Daniels movie came out? I'm going to say Dumb and Dumber. It is Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. And what is Dumb and Dumber? What is his character's name in Dumb and Dumber? Uh, I believe his name is Harry. And what is his character's name in Speed? Also Harry. It is also Harry. Yes, it is. I find that very interesting. You've got two movies, mm-hmm. which um, Dumb and Dumber came out in the end of 1994. Yes. But this came out in the summer. Yes. But I just find that really odd that he plays Harry in both movies. Well, maybe that's his thing. Maybe maybe he he had that part, that name written specifically for him. Could be. I mean, he looks like a Harry. Doesn't he look like a Harry? He does kind of look like a Harry. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a Harry. He does. You know. Luckily, Petey's head did not fall off in this movie, though. No. So we've got Jeff Daniels as his partner. Uh, Dennis Hopper is our villain, yep. who is Howard Payne, which that's a sweet. Bad, it's a good villain name. name. Yeah, it is. Like, it, and I would say of the villains that we're going to see in all of these movies that we're going to be watching, he is one of the better villains. Really? I do. You see, the thing I have against Dennis Hopper as a villain is he's like a mastermind, but he's not like a physical one. I mean, he does have the scene at the very end, but... He doesn't I, need to be. He's, he's, he's a master of explosives. And here's the yes. other part that I really like about him. He gets to the point. He doesn't. He he ultimately doesn't really beat himself, no. right? Except at the very end, which is which I, I thought was kind of out of character. We'll talk about that more. Yeah. But but even on the scene when um when he kidnaps Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. he straps her full of bombs, mm-hmm. doesn't screw around, has the trigger in his hand, says this is what's going to happen, and then was going to do it. He didn't stand around talking about it. His words were very short to the point, and um. And he he did what he said he was going to do every single time. I guess. I mean, he's messing with Jack the entire movie, though. He is and he isn't, so. but he's messing with Jack um, um, in a very structured and and it, pinpoint way. It is. He's got you know, as I think they say in the movie, like he's always one step ahead of them. Correct. And you know, we'll see that as we go through the synopsis of the movie too. And then we've got Sandra Bullock, who is Annie. Um, She's, as you mentioned earlier, she's about to become a rising star here. Um, Originally, she was thought to be an African-American paramedic on the bus. I mean, not Sandra Bullock. She's not black. But the character of Annie was supposed to be that. Good call, Sphinx. Way to have eyes. (laughs) Well, you know. Um, And then there was also talk that she was going to be a driver's ed instructor that was on the bus when this happens. Uh, Halle Berry did turn this role down. 
Um, then they started looking into this one's bizarre. So they started looking into maybe a more comedic actress to take over this role. Did you see who they were thinking of going with? I did. I did. I, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres, which, I mean, she wouldn't have been, she would have been a stand-up comedian at that time. I don't think she had her show or anything yet. No, I don't think so. I think that was later. So that would have been, yeah, that I, that could have maybe changed a lot of her career. Who who the hell knows? But Well, I think the movie would have been different, and I don't think it would have been, been it wouldn't have been as good. No, probably not. Because um, I think Sandra Bullock actually plays a fantastic job in this movie. Yeah, the, she, all in fact, of the I think acting. she's I think she's the best actor, best acting in the movie. Maybe Dennis Hopper. None of the acting but, is bad in this movie. I think all uh, of the acting was good. Uh, Reeves is not. I cannot. I do not like him. You in this just don't movie. like him. I do kind of not like him, but his acting is pretty poor too. No, I think he's great in this. I think really? he does. He 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 does everything he needs to as a police officer. He assesses the situation. He calms things down. He doesn't get too riled up. He doesn't get too docile. He maintains a nice, steady approach the entire time, which is what a police officer would do, especially in a high-stress situation like this with civilians involved. I guess when he acts throughout the film, he does a good job. Like as police officer, action star, his dialogue is just horrible. No, like, his dialogue oh, fits him perfect. Stand it. What, what, what dialogue didn't you like? So in the beginning of the movie, um, when he's with Harry and they're handling the, the elevator situation, he goes, will Mr. Guest please sign in? Like, this is going to make any sense to what's going on in the movie. And then he's just like, you know, when he's trying to calm down Annie uh, on the bus, you know, he's like, ma'am, you're doing really, really well. It just, it seems so forced. I don't think so at all. I think I the did. way you're hearing it in your brain, you're perceiving it as forced because of this this pre pre this notion you have of him, this preconceived notion you have of him of hating him. I thought he acted way better in his Matrix trilogies than he did in this movie. I mean, he eventually does better and John Wick as well. Well, John Wick is a, is a cut above. We will right? we will be touching on that movie. So both when of I the, three of those movies when the third one finally comes out. I mean, I know this is still his earlier stuff. I liked him better as Bill and Bill and Ted. He was good in Bill and Ted's. And I feel like he took a step down in this movie. Which totally off point here. Bill and Ted 3 is is a go. Yeah. They are making a Bill and Ted 3, which I am excited about. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the only other uh, people I have a note here is Joe Morton is Mac, who is the captain lieutenant for Jack and Harry. Yep. Um, I love his mustache and his energy. He does have my favorite quote in the movie. Do you know what it is? I don't. They don't show it on TV because it made me, when they did it, because you know, I run into it as well, I, I was cracking up. It was when they're trying to, when they find out that the bus... Um, that the road has a big hole in it. And he gets super pissed. He's like, give me a map. And so they give him a map. And he's like, fuck. He's like, everybody's fucking fired. (laughs) (laughs) He just like goes off on the body. He's like, everybody's fucking fired. That is pretty funny. I forgot about that line. It didn't (laughs) stick with me. Oh, it stuck with me. So maybe it's not that great. Because I I feel like, I don't think they show, when they show it on TV, obviously you can't say the F word. So I feel like they probably just cut that whole part off. Anyway. I would imagine they probably did. Yeah. And then the last actor I have here is Alan Ruck. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Fry from Saving Bueller's Day Off. And he's also from in Ferris Twister. Bueller's Day Off? I said Ferris You Bueller. said Saving Bueller's Day Off. Did I really? You did. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I got the water tower. It says say Ferris. Anyway, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Uh, he plays a tourist. He's definitely my least favorite person in this movie. Really? He had, He has my favorite line in the movie. Does he? Yeah. What is it? So when... 
so Keanu's talking to Harry on the headset, mm-hmm. and he's trying to describe the bomb to Harry, but he's got Alan Ruck's character relaying the information to Harry, and, and Keanu Reeves looks down and he goes, fuck me. And Alan Ruck's like, uh, oh darn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty that good. That is a great line. That is a great line. I think he says to somewhere down the line, he's like, if we all die, cops have to take a pay cut. He says that, too. Does he? Yes, he does. Oh. He, apparently, that didn't. It's a good line. Were you were you doing something I'm else? I'm glad that's when this... the one you remembered. <laughs> well, because I didn't really like anything else he had to say, but. That's fair. His, although his character was changed to be more likable. Yeah, that didn't work for me. Anyway. Obviously not. I know. All right, so. We keep going around it, but you know what is this movie ultimately about? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's not a ton of plot to it, but that's that's okay. You know, some movies can get away with that just fine. Um, it starts off that the LAPD bomb squad responds to an explosion in an elevator. It's in an office building. Terrorist wants money, um, which we now know is Howard Payne. Um, they realize that the terrorist is nearby. He's actually on the freight elevator. Uh, they try to confront him, and. Uh, there is a confrontation, actually. He he grabs Harry, um, which is you know one of the, the first time we hear the pop quiz hot shot line being done. Um, shoot the hostage. That's actually the second time. Is it the second time? It's yeah, because the first time Harry says, it, "Oh, you're he right." Says, pop when they're on top of the elevator. Yep, you're right. And then that's where they first. That's when Jack first says, "Shoot the hostage." Yep. And that was the tip off. You're right. And then he ends up shooting the hostage. It looks like uh, Payne gets away. Um, but then the bomb goes off, and they think he dies. He's, he's wearing a bomb vest. He is wearing a bomb vest. Sorry, I forgot to mention that part. Um, and so they think he's blown up and dead the, that night, maybe, or a couple days later. That they, was what I couldn't figure out. There was a lot of, you, you yeah. couldn't really tell what the time frame was as far as between the end of that event versus the beginning of when he's going to get coffee. Yeah, exactly. So Jack and Harry get medals for their award, you know, for their courage and, and their work that they did in the, the elevator hostage situation. Next morning, Jack gets up, says hi to a friend who drives a bus, and boom, that bus blows up. Telephone rings. Pay phone, by the way, which, man, our younger viewer or younger listeners, I don't even know if they're going to know what the hell a pay phone is. Probably not. Probably not. But the pay phone goes off. Jack walks over to it, and it's him. It's pain. He's on the phone. So he's telling them, which kind of becomes our main part of this movie. He's like, hey, listen here. I put a bomb on a bus. Here's how the rules are, right? If you, once that bus goes over 50 miles an hour, it arms the bomb. If that bus drops below 50, it blows up. He does tell them, like, where the bus is and everything. But then from there, it's up to Jack to hop onto that bus, defuse it, it, save everyone, and and have it going, which, you know, I, I... feel like almost everyone has seen this movie. Sure. But nonetheless, you know, he does save almost everybody. Um, that one woman that tries to escape the bus does get blown up because that was also one of the rules that Payne gives Jack. No one is allowed on or off the bus. No, he, he is says... The, he's no, the only exception. He's only... There's nobody allowed off the bus. Oh. He doesn't say on or off, which is why Jack can get on the bus. Okay. Because initially Jack doesn't even... Yeah. Which I do love the scene when he's trying to get on the bus and with, trying to tell the bus driver. With Toon Man? Yeah. Toon Man is one of my favorite characters in this movie. It's one of my favorite scenes for sure. I'm pretty sure like one of his only lines is going, oh shit, 
Oh, oh shit. shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Jaguar's getting destroyed. But then he's also got out that 1990s cell phone that he yeah. pulls out. Oh, that's out the best too. part, too. It's like he, he, rips the, he rips the door off the car, <laughs> yeah. right? And then he says, can I borrow your phone? The guy's like, take the phone, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, meanwhile, Harry, uh, you know, he's sitting at the desk at the police office. He's out of commission after being shot in the leg. Getting shot. Uh, he's doing all the investigative work. They're trying to find out like, who is this madman that's setting all these bombs around the city and whatnot. They finally discover that, um, Howard Payne is a retired, forced retired cop, um, that, some issue came about. It sounded like his pension was taken away from him or dramatically decreased. Yeah, he was uh, he was a cop. I believe it was Iowa or Nevada. I can't remember. Oh, it was Florida. Was it Florida? I think it was Florida. I don't know. He was a cop somewhere else, was forced into retirement after a bomb exploded, mm-hmm. uh, and it took his thumb. So he couldn't really do yeah. as much of his job as he could anymore, so they forced him to retire. And then the pensions got cut because money was tight. Yeah. So, uh, so he wanted his $3 million that he was owed. Yep. And that's why he's doing all of this. So they eventually find out where he is. They go to his house, and this scene terrified me as a child. I don't know why, but it always made me scared. When they go to his house? When they go to his house. Because they're they're creepily going through the house, and then they walk through it looks like the living room. And then the beep noise goes off, and like Harry just gives that look like, fuck. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. And then the whole house blows up. I have a lot of problems with that. That's really the one scene in the whole movie I have an issue with. And that's because they've got the SWAT team. They know this guy can trigger the bomb at any point. Mm -hmm. Right. They roll up on the house and they immediately enter. Yeah. Like, wouldn't they, wouldn't they make some kind of perimeter on it? Verify that it's safe. If the guy's got the trigger and he can set the bomb off in the bus just by hitting the trigger, why would they provoke him? They're not going to get to him fast enough to stop the bomb. Yeah, not smart thinking. No, it's terrible thinking. It, it doesn't even make sense as far as what a police force would do in that situation. That was really my biggest issue My biggest issue with this movie plot-wise. Mm. I have a big one a little bit later, but okay. we'll get to it in just a second. So eventually Jack finds out that there's also a camera inside the bus, and that's one of the main reasons why Payne is always one step ahead of them in terms of trying to figure out how to solve this situation. Um, from there, they are able to get some television cameras that are you know, keeping watch of the action that's going on. They are running a tape loop um, of what they're doing on the bus. And at that point, they feed that to the bomber. So he just thinks that he's looking at live TV when in reality he's just looking at a loop and that gives them the opportunity to get everyone off the bus um, which saves everybody Um, then it looks like well they find out that they realize he doesn't realize that they're off the bus yeah he's still watching that loop he he still so they make it they create a loop of the people on the bus Mm -hmm. using the video signal that's coming from that video camera that that Payne installed on the bus. Correct. And then feeding that loop back to Payne. Payne doesn't realize that uh, everybody's off the bus, so he keeps going on his business. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody's off the bus, ready to go. So Jack realizes that this is an opportunity. Like, what's still set up? The money drop off? Because, again, he's asking for money. Like, let's set this up, and we can really get this guy at this point. But it doesn't quite work out that way. So Payne realizes that there's people watching him and all that. Um Eventually, he does figure out that the loop goes bad, and for whatever reason, you know, they've got the ambulance 
right near where the drop-off is going to be. I think it's because, you know, Jack wanted to see the guy in person again. But nonetheless, like, Annie is, like, walking around. And so Howard Payne grabs Annie, and they he is able to grab the money from under the ground, which is near the subway system. And then that kind of leads us to our final scene here. Jack catches on, realizes, shoot, he's he's got the money. I think there was a... Uh, like a homing device on it, so they realize the money is walking away. So, you know, Jack immediately tries to go and save the day. He sees Annie is all got explosives tied up, to yeah, him. She, he puts her, sorry. Payne puts the, the bomb vest on Annie. Yep. And then has a dead man switch. Yes. So if he lets go of it, she blows up. Correct. I, I have an issue, another issue with why was she even there? Right? Like, why the was the ambulance there? The ambulance would go to the hospital, not exactly. to the scene. They would have put. Jack in a police car and driven him to the scene. That's what I would have done. Sure. But again, you know, I don't work for the LAPD, so I guess that's maybe how they do things in LA. Obviously they do. So, but this does create our our final scene on the subway, um, which I don't really know where his, where he seems to think he's going to go. It's a subway. So you're going to, you could have police officers at every single stop waiting for him. Like there's no getaway there's no yeah there's no there's no no obvious end game yeah he's not going to get his money at this point yeah well right? the money blows up or it doesn't blow up but it gets all painted remember he opens up the yeah, bag it's a and yeah mm-hmm. exactly right so then he's after jack so jack is on top of the subway they fight it out on top of the subway and probably my favorite death which is pretty sweet <laughs> they're fighting it out on top of the subway and uh, another bad line by Reeves. He's like, well, "Yeah, well, I'm taller." As he lifts Hopper up or <laughs> lifts Payne up, and boom, his head gets taken right off by one of the lights. Yeah, that that line was not great. No, I will admit that's a bad line. They end up crashing. And did you notice where they ended up crashing? Like where that was in L.A. Have you ever mm-hmm. been to L.A.? No. So they crash right on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh. In front of the Chinese theater. Interesting. Yeah, it's like right there. And yeah. that's where they have all like people where they put their hands on the Yeah, yeah. No, I know what it is. Okay, I didn't know. You say you hadn't been to LA. Yeah, but I didn't remember where they crashed. Oh yeah. It crashes right there. Mm-hmm. And so this is where my plot question, like I don't understand what's going on yeah. here, comes in. All right. So he shoots the the operator of the subway. Yep. Okay. And so once Jack handles pain, you know, he's gone. You know, they find he finds out, crap, all the things are broken. Like, I can't stop the train. So he's like, well, I guess we'll just speed it up then. That's the thing. If you can't. Right. But if you can, can speed it up, yes. why can't you why slow can't you it slide down? down? It doesn't make any the switch damn is working. sense. Yeah. It doesn't look damaged. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. And then along with that, <laughs> did they build did they build the track with a ramp at the end? Like right? for it to for it to explode out of the cement, out of the pavement above? And then there's all these people working at the end of the track. It's like what no one decided to communicate to them, like, holy shit, there's a there's a runaway subway train coming at you. No, yeah. instead they're like, Holy shit, here comes a train. They're like jumping out of the way. Yeah, it's like no one wanted to alarm these people. I didn't understand that part either. I had yeah, I didn't get that part. There's a, there's a couple right, plot if the things. Controls are aren't working then how do you speed up and then if you realize you can speed up why wouldn't you fucking slow down i don't know man all right i yeah i don't understand that part and then the part with the airport too they were worried that that he was going to blow up more passengers like the 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 airport would have shut down and there's a bomb and then the f and then like the uh the atf would have taken over it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been 
police jurisdiction anymore at that point. It would have been no. federal jurisdiction. And then at the same time, like that explosion is awesome. When the bus is. collides the great. with the plane. Yeah. I, it's a massive explosion. So then I'm thinking as well, wouldn't one of the, even though the helicopters can't fly over the airport, wouldn't everyone would have seen or heard that explosion? Mm-hmm. So how wouldn't, how would Payne have not known that his bus blew up at that point? Sure. Like, I feel like he totally would have realized that. Especially if he's watching on TV there. They're going to have round-the-clock coverage. Yeah. He's not going to be... He, and they're going to be like, holy shit, there's a huge explosion at LAX airport. Yeah. But but nothing gets... The news doesn't even say anything about it. No. And what, what sports game could he... What football game could he possibly be watching in presumably that warm weather at that time of day? Well, LA is pretty hot. It, he was looking... It was... I think it was a Pac-10 or Pac-12 game. It was It was Arizona. It wasn't a football game. It wasn't it was a, a college game. game. It was a college game because that's where he gets that Arizona Wildcat reference. No, he doesn't. He, he, gets, does, Arizona. he gets it from her, but the game he's watching is also the, it's the Arizona Wildcats. I, I don't swear. Know that, I don't know if that's true. It is. I watch. I just watched the movie. I think you're. I think he's you're, watching a football game. I know he's watching a football and game. It, and the Arizona Wildcats are one of the teams that are playing. I don't know about that. We'll have to check it. No, I'm that not would even be would that be considered that. like an Easter it. egg or something? I'm mean, gonna have to check it right now. I'm just saying. I feel like it is. I don't know. I don't know if that's an Easter egg or not. It's a, it's garbage is what it is. I think you're garbage. Your face is garbage. You know what? You don't Let's know move what the on. hell you're talking about. Speaking of the special effects, anything you got to say about them? I general? thought they were fantastic with the exception of, well, <laughs> not even with the exception of, I, I think the bus jump was great. Yeah. Um, it's definitely unrealistic, but I thought it was great. It is. So, I mean, it's, it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fun thing to see. Sure. So, I don't know if you, you would watch this. Did you know that Mythbusters tried to test this? I saw that they did, I, and I know the result, but I never watched the episode. So, I watched the episode. Um, actually, they did. They tested two things from Speed. Do you know what the other thing was that they tested? Um, I don't know. It was the hard right. So, when they're getting off the freeway, yeah, they wanted to test it as well because you know Jack tells everyone, get on one side of the bus while right. we make this turn. I could not find that episode. I tried, but I couldn't find that episode of Mythbusters. But okay. they also proved that, yeah, that bus would have flipped easily. It wouldn't have made the turn. Or it would have crashed right into the cement concrete there. Right. But I did watch the one about the jump. So they did it in one of two ways. So they had a model, and they wanted to do the model to see if it could work. And then they had an actual bus rigged to, to jump a ramp that they made that would have been the same distance as the freeway at the same angle okay. that the bus was going to go. So with the model, it wasn't even close. It was, I think it was, man, I'm trying to think what it says here. It, it would have missed it in reality. It would have missed it by 30 feet, and it was a 50-foot hole. Well, yeah, the, the, in the script it was 50 feet. The actual script, uh, the actual hole that they had mm-hmm. was 20 feet. Okay, and that hole was real. So apparently they were recording all of this. Um, while the 101 highway, I think it was, was being built. And that's what right. gave them the opportunity to, to film all those scenes there. Because right. they were actually constructing the road. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't even close to getting done. Then they were trying to do an actual bus. And they were having trouble with it because obviously no one could be on the actual bus. And so they were trying to, like, steer it with remote. And it kept they couldn't get it on the ramp. But finally they did. It just immediately fell. Once they did get it over the ramp, it just immediately went downwards. Yeah. I mean, you can see it in the movie. The bus is already like lifted off of the air as it makes the ramp. So 
super unbelievable. It's still enjoyable to see it. But it's an action movie, and you know, action movies have spectacles, and this was the very definition of a spectacle. Yeah, for sure. Um, trying to see what else we got here. Um, do you have a favorite scene at all? Something that comes to mind? A favorite scene? A favorite scene. Um, I mean, I really just like when Dennis Hopper is on screen. Yeah, I just enjoy. Him. He's a good villain. Like, there's no. He, I just enjoy him as a villain. Yeah. So you know, we didn't talk about yeah, we didn't talk about the. Uh, we didn't talk about the budget. We did not. What do you got for me? All right. So what I have for you is, uh, what do you think this movie uh, was budgeted? 94? 94. Um, this was a, blo- this was a, a lot of explosions. It's a blockbuster. You've got John DeBont. you got McTiernan signing off on it. I don't know. 20 million? 30 million. Okay. 30 million. And it was a surprise because it raked in. Any ideas? I, it was a huge success. I, yeah. I, I'm going to have to say above $100 million, $200 million, something like that? $350. $350 million. Wow. Which, which is a huge amount. It was, uh, that is a huge amount. It, yeah, it's, it's a giant amount for that, for that, especially for 94. 94, you didn't really see a ton of movies go over, uh, go over that amount or go anywhere really near that amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a sequel. <laughs> if you could call it that. <laughs> Speed 2. Cruise control. control. Uh, we're not. We're ne- first of all, we're never going to do that episode. No. And if you want to hear anything about that episode, go take a look at how did this get made. They did that episode. <laughs> they can cover it way better than anything we could possibly do because that movie is hot garbage on a boat. I, I don't want to waste my time rewatching that movie because I remember like you know because Speed was an awesome movie. So I remember awesome as a family like we rented it and sat down like I think it was an entire family. And watched that movie because I think it was like three years later. I think it came out in '97, mm-hmm. and we watched it. And I don't remember any of us particularly liking it or ever wanting to see it again. No, it was. And I garbage. don't think I ever have. It was garbage. It was bad. Sandra Bullock is the only one that returns too, I believe. Right? Yeah, and she got. And the only I do know this. The only reason why she returned is she um, uh, she was promised that they would finance a film of hers. <laughs> In order for her to come back. So they paid her an exorbitant amount of money to come back. Okay. And they promised to finance one of the films that she wanted to get made. Nice. Yep. So let's let's rate this. All right. All right. So we're going to rate this on the machine gun scale. That kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was coming. You, you, you added that since we've last uh, gotten together here. I did, yes. All right, you want me to go first, or you're going first? So it's we're doing this out of five machine guns. We uh, we are allowing half points. We are. All right. All right. I'll go first. Yep. I've got I've got it at four out of five. Four out of five machine guns. It is a highly enjoyable movie. I even rewatching it, like I it was suspenseful. It was action packed. It was exciting to watch. It was a fast two hours. And and I love that. So fast two hours for a movie called Speed, huh? <laughs> nice, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, there are definitely some things that are unbelievable. And I, we already mentioned how I don't really love the acting of Canal Reeves. Um, of, but, of who? Well, can, can whatever. Keanu Reeves. Neo. Nonetheless, like you know, there's not a great plot, but it's it's simple and it works. And the special effects and everything hold up. Um. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. I am in 100% agreement with you. This yeah. is a four machine gun movie without a doubt. Yeah. This is a great film. This is 
this, like I said, this is one of my all-time favorite action films. Yeah, I love it, I, and for all of those reasons that you just said. And, and I'm happy that it it kept it kept it. You know, you and I have seen yeah. this movie. You know, we saw it when we were much younger. Correct. And we mentioned how it's on TV a lot, but I, you know, whenever you watch things on TV, you know, you you miss a lot of it and whatever. You do, and you don't really pay attention maybe the whole time either because you got commercial breaks and all that. But watching it beginning to end. I'm like, this is still a great movie. I hadn't done that in a long time. Yeah. Like to, to sit and watch this movie start to finish. And it fl- like there's no there's no slow points in this whatsoever. There's no lag. There's no it's it's just you know, top to bottom, it is a great movie start to finish. It is great. It's just a fantastic film. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think we've put the uh put this to bed for now. It sounds good to me. All right, so let's uh let's talk about uh talk about games media. All right, what do we got? Well, GameZilla Media has a lot to offer. Head over to GameZillaMedia.com. You can find uh, information on all our products. So if you like if you like us, definitely go listen to the GameZilla podcast. Uh, they stream live uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mondays. You can interact with them. And then on Tuesdays, they post the episode, so you can listen to the, to the actual recorded episode on Tuesdays. Absolutely. We got Noobs and Dragons, which I know is one of your favorites. It is, and I'm not a big Dungeons and Dragons person. In fact, I... That was never my thing, but listening to them, like I, I want to get a book and start playing. Yeah, you got Craig WK as the DM, uh, Grim Jazzy and Chops all play Dungeons and Dragons as new D and D members. Uh, I think they're on episode. What are they on? Like twenty eight now or something? Yeah, right around there. Yep. So go back, listen to them all. They post live on Wednesdays. Uh, Legend of Retro is there. That's Chops and Craig again. Uh, they talk retro games, which I love. My son, it's a clean show. So yes. if you want a clean show that's good for the family. Um, this is a show that my my seven year old loves. He he waits every Thursday for me to say, "Yeah, new episodes out." <laughs> I'm 32 and I love it. I yeah. mean, it helps me reminisce about my old video gaming days. Yep, yeah, and you know what? And sometimes I appear on the show. And if you want to go back and listen to a little episode called MC Kids, that was a shameful plug. You should and go back and listen to MC none Kids. None of you should listen starting, to him right starting now. Starting right at the 10-minute mark. No. You will love it. No. it's If you want to lose brain cells, you uh-huh. should go ahead and do that. Right. And we got Craig WK's Long Plays. He's playing uh, Earthbound, I believe, right now. He's also played uh, Final Fantasy 6-3, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then uh, GameZilla Alpha, which releases on Sundays, which is the uh, topic show that they do. Uh, and if you want to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash Media. You get early access to GameZilla Alpha, plus you get some behind-the-scenes content from Noobs and Dragons. They do uh, behind the DM screen where they talk about the show and how it's kind of put together. And uh, you can get all of this information, plus the information about all of our social accounts, like us at Last yep. Action Podcast on Facebook or Last Action PCast on Twitter and Instagram. You get all that information about the other shows at GameZillaMedia.com. And we'd love to have you support us on social media as well. Yes, so please. Subs- join our Discord. Yeah. So, uh, subscribe to the podcast, but then also on social media, please like us and follow us on all of our pages. And yep. you know, we'll be posting things, um, maybe not day in and day out, but we'll be posting stuff throughout, including upcoming movies that we're going to review and whatnot. So. Yeah. Every Tuesday, we're going to release uh, what the next episode is going to be. So keep an eye on Facebook and the Discord, and we will uh, have that for you then. But for now... This episode, the last action, the first episode of the Last Action Podcast, has been terminated. Yes, but we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>